Hello and welcome back to both the Across the Pod podcast and Fint Nation UK podcast. I'm your host Andy and I am crossing over two podcasts in one today. Not only am I doing our normal Across the Pod NFL podcast as the host of the Fint Nation UK podcast, I thought for this season preview we're doing, I thought why not mix two podcasts into one. So in terms of the Across the Pod, this is our final team season preview. So we are at team number 32 and fan number 33 of our long two-month journey across all NFL fan bases and asking every NFL fan to predict their team season and preview their upcoming 2023 campaign. So we're going to try our best to broadcast this podcast on both streams and we'll go from there. But I'm joined this week, as ever, by our resident Dolphins fan on the Across the Pod podcast. Here with me today, a returning guest on Finch Nation UK as well, Sam Moores. How are you, mate? I'm great, mate. It's uh, well, look, the season's, you know, what is it? nine days away now it's just it just feels you know from the kickoff anyway it just feels like you know it's it's time for football i can't wait for it as well because it's it's been a long off season a lot's happened especially the dolphins as well especially over the last month or so but um yeah it's been it's been it's been a long off season let's get into some football i think and yeah preview the dolphin season exactly and this will be released either on the thursday or friday this week so we are calling right now at Six or seven PM on Tuesday, the 29th. So by the time this podcast is released, it'll be just about around about exactly a week until the season starts. So exciting times, really. Three seasons over, and we go on to the regular season. Now, before we go on to um, obviously the ins and outs and free agency, um, there's been some news today in the Dolphins' world, um, as every team's having at the moment, um, cut day. So Dolphins have released their, well, released some roster cuts. Um, this includes the likes of one of our draft picks, seventh rounder, Ryan Hayes, has gone. Uh, other people such as Dan Feeney, who we got in free agency, uh, he's been traded, uh, I believe. And you know, Chris Coleman and Keki QT, our running back room, have gone. Sorry, wide receiver room have gone. Uh, I believe Elijah Higgins might have been gone as well, but it's mixed mixed things um, about that. And then, of course, uh, James Backman, another another rookie who was our fourth choice quarterback. He was never going to make the roster, really. Never really saw down, even in preseason. Um, but obviously, the main one, I think, was probably the biggest headline, was probably Miles Gaskin. Um, because he was a guy that I believe he's a seventh round pick himself, but he, you know, he, 2020 was the year where he first became, you know, on the scene. And I mean, there were some great memories. I liked him a lot. I mean, there was that Raiders game where he scored, uh, I think, two touchdowns, definitely one in, in the receiving game. And in, that was a hell of a game in that in that COVID year. And he had some good moments, but I think with, you know, the, the addition of Sal, um, sorry, addition of Devon A.K. in the draft, the additions of, obviously of, um, Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson and the constant trade talk right now there is with Jonathan Taylor. Um, it did seem like his day's number. But I do think he will make a team. I think he's got enough tape on him to be at least a third choice back. Um, at most, second choice back. But I think third choice is probably his level at the moment. Uh, but what was your take on on the Mars Gaskin um, release, Sam? Um, I'm a little bit surprised, but also not really. It's one of those things where like, he, I thought they might want to keep him because he's a sort of, is is something different to the likes of the likes of Mostert and uh, Savan Ahmed and Devon Chain offer you, and that is you know in actual like sort of between the tackles, you know he's a, he's a bigger back, but obviously everyone else is a speed back, and obviously having a change of pace would have been nice. But you've got Jeff Wilson, and obviously they're going after Jonathan Taylor. There's no secret there as well. So it, it says to me that, and also the trading away Dan Feeney to get an extra pick that says to me that they're really serious about going for Jonathan Taylor because if you, you're you losing a it's, it's, you're losing one of your different running backs you've got an extra draft pick I, I for me that personally says that they're going after 
um, Jonathan Taylor, and that's probably why Christian Wilkins' deal hasn't been done yet either. Yeah, and of course, Zach Seeder was someone that got a deal this week as well. But in terms of the running back, I mean, Jonathan Taylor, I mean, we all know he would come in and immediately be the first choice back. But of course, if he comes in, we'll have him alongside, you know, most at Wilson and um, AK. And what do you think happens? Because that, I don't, I can't imagine him having going with all four running backs this season. So you think someone would like would go? I mean, personally, I do think it maybe would be Jeff Jeff Wilson, but I don't know what your thoughts on that, Sam, and whether who would sort of almost pay the price for Jonathan Taylor coming in. If Jonathan Taylor comes in, I think Jeff Wilson will go. Yeah, that's the, I agree with you there because Raheem Mostert, I think his is his backfield to lose at the minute. He's he looks to be clearly the number one running back. Um, that's judging by what what's happened in camp and obviously in the preseason as well. And then you sort of Savon Ahmed have had a you know couple couple of opportunities. Devon Archain's got hurt, so obviously there's maybe you could so there's that too. So I reckon there's a good reason to keep Savon Ahmed um there just in case. So yeah, I'd probably say Jeff Wilson will be the, the unlucky one there. Yeah, I agree. I think that I mean he's done okay, but I don't think he's done anything too special to make me think, oh, we've got to keep him. At least most of it's done some stuff. I like him quite a lot, actually. I think he's done some... He's got enough tape in the sort of... on his sort of... on his CV to um to go with, but I just don't think Wilson's done. I think he had that one good game, I believe, against the Browns it was last year, but I don't think he's had too many great moments. So maybe, you know, I think maybe you could even look at potentially giving him, you know, a second round, maybe two second rounds in Wilson, or maybe a first round in Wilson or something. I don't know what kind of package. I mean, I've seen talk of two second rounds. I've seen talk of a of a conditional first round. I've seen a lot of different different talk, and I think that um, yeah, I think but obviously if he, if he comes in, I think whilst he had his injury problems last year, only two seasons ago was when he had that you know really good year, and I think that you know we all forget that you know Barkley had his injury issues. He came back and did well. McCaffrey the same thing. So. I don't think his injury, for me personally, is enough to think he's done. I think he could easily come back and have another great year. And I think to have him there, along obviously with the speed of Hale and Waddle and, and obviously two would throw the ball to them, I think that just makes us even more of an exciting prospect if he was to get through the dotted line and sign. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the the one thing that the Dolphins lack, I think, on, on the offensive side of the ball, maybe you could say maybe another offensive lineman, right? But it's a running back. That's that's because I'd probably say um number one running back is what they lack because I I mean I did a ranking um ranking every single running back room in in the um in the AFC East um if, and I think I had Miami as number three Buffalo number four but obviously the Jets now with Dalvin Cook, Priest Hall, Mark Carr that's that's clearly the first and I'd say I think Ramondre Stevenson and Zeke in New England is is probably number two and then you. You could argue between the Dolphins and the the Bills there, because um, I think that there's that's the one piece they need to make them like a legit Super Bowl contender. Because um, everything else maybe some you know some depth here and there, but everything else is really good in this Dolphins roster. Yeah, I agree. Now, whilst we mentioned it before in a previous episode that, well, I don't think you have to lead to have the best running back to win games. I think you know. Um, you know, the three best running backs in the league right now for me are Derek Henry, Nick Chubb and Christian McCaffrey. Only one of them made the playoffs last year. So I don't think it's essential that you have to have a running back that's elite. And like, you know, like the 90s and the 2000s, like you know, Emmett Smith and, you know, oh, I think I don't think these days you need the best running back in the league to win games. But I don't think it, it doesn't certainly help. It certainly doesn't help, doesn't hurt, I should say, sorry, to have someone like Taylor in your team. I think that only benefits your team. So I think getting him in, would be fantastic. Um, but speaking of um, other ins and outs, I mean, the main Dolphins ins and out. talking of the outs first, um, 
Mike Gazicki went to the Patriots. Uh, linebacker Landon Roberts has gone to the Steelers via free agency. We've also released the likes of ta- uh, tackle Eric Fisher, who's currently unsigned. Same as defensive end Melvin Ingram um, and defensive back Clayton Fedulum, as well as quarterback Teddy Bridgewater, who's gone to the Detroit Lions. In terms of ins, um, obviously we got Jalen Ramsey via trade, which is the biggest headline in we've had. Uh, Hunter Long going the other way. Uh, quarterback Mike White came in. Uh, linebacker David Long via the Titans came through the door. Wide receiver Braxton Berrios um, via the Jets as well. Uh, and it was for a bit Dan Feeney, but now he's no longer there. Um, the Sean Elliott, the safety, came to us as well, uh, I believe, via the Lions. Uh, Panther Jake Paley through the Pats, as well as tackle Isaiah Wynn. And then I mentioned it before, we re-signed Zach Sealer. Uh, other people have come in and re-signed deals include Raheem Mostert, Andrew Van Ginkel, who was originally released before being re-signed, and like so, you know, Salvan Ahmed, Jeff Wilson, and we also excised the fifth year of Tua Tanga by Lower. And in the draft itself, uh, we took cornerback Cam Smith, 51st overall, via South Carolina. Uh, and the only one that's really stood actually stayed is Texas A&M running back Devon A.K. And he's got taken 84th overall. Also, I mentioned before, Elijah Higgins and Michigan tackle Ryan Hayes both came in as our other two draft picks, but they look like they've already been released. But for you, Sam, are your overall thoughts on the team's offseason? Um, well, you kept pretty much every single starter that you had last year, which is always a good a good sign, and not a lot of teams can do that. But for me, I think the one, one position you haven't filled is a proper tight end. Now, Mike Kozicki isn't a proper tight end, so he's a big, he's a big miss in the passing game, but he Durham Smart played more snaps than him last year and um and ultimately like, he was only basically a receiver pretty much and you've you've addressed the receiver need by bringing in the likes of uh, Robbie Chosen and Braxton Berrios who you know who are very capable in this league so that, that I'm not worried about but um yeah certainly a tight end because beyond Durham Smythe you've got pretty much nobody like you said Elijah Higgins has been cut his sort of transition to tight end didn't work um so, so that's my only sort of worry there. I think maybe they'll look to someone um, that's been waived, maybe someone like Albert Okwabunam, who just got cut by the Broncos today. Um, perhaps, perhaps, but I think the tight end is definitely something they're going to be looking at over the next couple of days. Um, as for the Jalen Ramsey edition, and obviously drafting Cam Smith, that's great because you were really beat up the corner last year because uh, Byron Jones missed the entire year. Nick Needham got injured too. You know, you know, and it saw the likes of Kade who come in, and yes, he played well, but you know, you need someone, you need other corners other than Kade Gohu and obviously Xavier Howard as well. And Noah Monogany hasn't really done much at all in the league. He's had a better camp this year by the, the sounds of things, but you definitely needed needed to bring in some corners. Obviously, Jalen Ramsey, the best corner in the league, if some beliefs, um, to be the case, I, I'm in that opinion too. And I think with, with Jalen Ramsey, obviously, the the elephant in the room is that he's he's out till probably about late November, early December with his Tom meniscus um, injury, which is a shame because obviously this team would be really good from the very start. But it's, it's also very good news for the Dolphins that he's not done for the rest of the season because you'll need him at the end of the season when it comes you know, to to you know, make making a late push for the playoffs, which this team may do. You know, having Jalen Ramsey right then will be great for this team, and uh, it, it may be again the, the thing that pushes them over to the top at the end of the season. So I think it's a good off season. Still a, a few a few holes, but this roster is very very good, and uh, you know it's it's very hard to find one better than this in the league. To be honest with you. Yeah, I agree. I think that you mentioned tight end. I think that is definitely an area of concern, but at the same time. We barely used it last year, and I think that if Durham Smythe 
can be the guy, the blocking guy. I don't think we necessarily need him to be a receiver because we've already got you know Hillman Waddle. We've you know we've got in lights of Barry Austin Anderson, and I think that's really quite a good in terms of a quartet of of receiver. I think that's probably one of the best in the league. I mean. Bengals have got a case for that as well with their, you know, Higgins, Boyd and Chase and stuff like that. You've but got um, you've got Eric Ezra and Karma as well, who's a sort of bigger guy, and he's been uh, he's been standing out in preseason too. So he, he'll have a role too, I expect. Um, the BSC, you've, you've got probably the best receiving core alongside the Bengals there, as sort of as a sort of four or five because you've got five good options, four or five good options there. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, I mentioned it as well in preseason that A-Kane showed at times his ability to receive as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that especially if you bring in Tay there, you've already got most of it there. I do think that you can use A-Kane now and again in these packages where you can have him, you know, as a receiving back. And I think that with most most and Tay there being, you know, more more known for their their on the groundwork, their rushing ability than maybe being receiving backs. I think if you can have someone like A-Kane who can be that fourth or fifth option to receive you know, a mix around with the likes of Esu Kamara, um, you know, Anderson and um, Berrios. I think that's that's really exciting. But of course, if you haven't got a quarterback to, to throw you the ball, what's the point? And that's really my first talking point today is about Tua Tangelo. We've mentioned it a lot during the previous episodes of Fins Nation UK podcast and previous across the pod podcasts. Tua's health has to be the biggest question mark going into this year. It, it really has to be because he's had three or four concussions last season. And if I'm honest, he is one or two away from retiring. If he has any more more than one or two in the next year or two, I think I can see him retiring. I think he even said he thought about it um, at times during last season. So, yeah, that's the biggest thing for me. But for you, what are you expecting and hoping from Tua going into the 2023 season? Um, I'm expecting quite a lot because last year he was great. He led the league in a pass rating. He led the league in average depth of target as well, pushing the ball down the field furthest at 10 point yards, 10.1 yards per target, which is you know, mental because obviously the year before, um, everyone was saying that it was short pass to the short pass and he just wasn't couldn't throw a deep ball whatsoever. So he proves a lot of haters wrong there. Um, also as well, this this all happened whilst he had the seventh most drops in the league, which was um which when when you got here and Waddle at some points in the season there yeah you know, there were quite a few drops as well so even more plays could have been made um and just i, I think with two it's the, the main thing obviously is the injuries is it or is the concussion like if two can stay healthy i i think i think he's gonna have probably another season on part of what he had last year because before the san francisco game it was perfect yeah you know, he was in the mvp conversation for sure we we know that because yeah, he it was getting talked about week in, week out of the likes of Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. And then there was a game in San Francisco where um where it it was a bit it was a bit different. Um obviously the Dolphins ended up losing that game to Brock Purdy who came in after Jimmy Garoppolo got injured. Um but I think from there it, the offense changed a little bit. Then there was the game against the um the Chargers in week fifteen where um where Brandon's Daily just put together an awesome game plan to stop the middle of the field, very heavily zone. Um, and then he came back and another another big question about Tua going into last season actually was cold weather games. And he they, they bounced back in the snow in Buffalo, obviously losing to Josh Allen being a machine on the very last game, a player of the drive, um, sorry, drive of the game uh, in at the very end of the season there. Um, and then 
so the offense looked good in the Buffalo game, and obviously the season ended last year with his um, with with the three interceptions. Oh, sorry, four interceptions, and the the unfortunate third concussion um, in Green Bay. Um, but what we saw last year from Tua was really good. If it can stay healthy, I'm, I hope it, I hope it can look the same. I think I don't think he's ever going to be in the Patrick Mahomes. Joe Burrow conversation because there are Josh Allen perhaps you could put in there as well. But look, to, to if he'll be a top ten quarterback this year if he can stay upright and the work he's done in the off season this year, I'm hoping Touchwood um, has has helped that because he's he's uh, learning how to fall. He's put some muscle on as well. He's looking bigger, um, which I think was needed as well because he looked really really lean last year. Um, so hopefully those two things, um, especially the the learning how to fall. And not hitting his head in the back of the field. Hopefully, those two things can contribute to a top ten quarterback season for Tua, which I'm hopeful of. Yeah, I think you know you mentioned the falling thing. I mean, um, you know, I remember watching the, I believe it was the was it the, te- the Texans game would have been the Texans game where he the first you know the first two drives when he did play you know there were times where the pressure got put on him was just horrendous and that's obviously albeit you know a second choice a lot of them are second choice linemen to protect him. I think that when he did get hit. I was pleased to see the way he felt and it was, you know, he seemed to have a lot more control over how he yeah. felt. I think it's really important. I think that was part of the issue last year that he just didn't have any control over that. Um, and I think, you know, a lot he made about Tua recently with the Ryan Clark stuff. And I think that, but he can't, he can't, I mean, I know I've been, you'll, you'll know yourself, I've been a big critic of him. I've been one of his biggest doubters, especially his first two years. You know, I've, I've only really probably last last year or so been probably sold him even then you know, the health stuff is, is still question mark for me but he can't in terms of the media he can't he can't do anything right he just you know he's always there's always something he's doing wrong so you know obviously first comes to the league you know the whole Ryan Fitzpatrick stuff and Brian Flores maybe not being his biggest fan he had to deal with that he overcame that or he Flores did eventually leave which I don't know I still like him to be there but at the same time I'm not not surprised he's not there anymore for that reason you know and then you know the thing with the, you know, the, the social media video of him throwing the ball where they were saying he was underthrown, he had to deal with that as well. Um, and then obviously show you definitely showed during the season that he can throw deep ball. No, and I know for he's not he's not a Herbert, he's not the home, but I think he's definitely more of a Drew Brees kind of player. I think that he he's extremely accurate. He doesn't need to be the most deepest ball in the league. I think he before anyone threw the ball accurately, like Drew Brees was, he he's your guy. And um, you know, and then this season though he gets called leaves, he puts on muscle, and then he gets called overweight by Ryan Clark. And, you know, it was nice seeing him give something back. It was nice seeing him almost retaliate, I think, that because, yeah, he always seems to be a figure of much media criticism. And I'm I'm hoping this year, I think if he stays healthy, I think he's going to have a good season, personally. I think we saw that last year. That the only really games I saw him do badly were really the 49ers charges and the Packers game, but the Packers game was due to a concussion. So that's only really two of the 17 of the year or the 13 he played that he actually, I think, really played badly. I think the rest of the year, you know, the Ravens game, the comeback there, he was good against the Patriots at times in week one, you know, and there was, you know, the, and he wasn't there for the few games a bit after that, you know, and he even, you know, even before the injury to Bengals, he wasn't looking too bad. So I think, he, obviously Texans and Lions and all and Browns are like, he, he played excellent in his game. So I think, there's a reason why he's at one point talked about being MVP, and I think that if he is healthy this year, as long as all the people around him are healthy as well, then I think that this is going to be 
an exciting time for the offense. But then the defense, of course, had another big in, which I haven't mentioned yet, was on the defensive coordinator side of things. Now it was Vic Fangio. Uh, he's come in, obviously, big reputation, not as a head coach, but as a DC. Did really good work with Chicago with the Bears just before we got that Broncos job. Um, of course, you know, under Flores, we were excellent on defense. That was definitely our strong point. But since Flores left, we had Boyer last year. He kept his job. He showed that maybe Flores was was maybe uh, making him look better than he is. So now he's out the door. We've got Fangio in. So the hope that we can make this defense as good as the offense was last year at times. So for you, Sam, what are you? How much improved do you think he can make this Dolphins defense? Um, very because. It was awful last year. It was it got beat up all over the place as well. Josh Boyer didn't help. He kept being very aggressive on things like third down, and the Dolphins were atrocious on third down last year. Um, you know, blitzing on third and long, and be, you know, getting beat up again. There, there are a lot of times where I, I think throughout the year I, I kept tweeting out like what you know Josh Boyer Josh Boyer has to go at the end of the season because it just it just wasn't working. He kept trying to do some of the stuff they did last year, Flor- you know, with Flores. Um, sorry, the year before with Flores, and it it just didn't work. Going on to Fangio, um, it's 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 great. I I really like the, the move because uh, they actually wanted Vic Fangio last year um, to sort of come in and be that sort of veteran defensive presence. So they might that McDaniel could only coach the offense on his first full season, which a lot of um, a lot of rookie head coaches do. Um, but they couldn't get him because he wanted a year out. Um, and then he ended up helping out, you know, as an assistant in Philly at some points last season. But he, yeah, he obviously had a year out of the game um, after getting fired by the Broncos. Um, but the thing for me that I really like is the fact that this scheme, the Fangio scheme, is what the Dolphins really struggled against last year. It was, it's Brandon Staley's Chargers scheme. Uh, scheme. He is a disciple of Fangio. They worked together before, um, and it's what it's that what. Staley did in that game really confused this offense, and McDonald couldn't couldn't figure it out in that game, and that was the most disappointing game of the Dolphins season last year. That game was Sunday Night Football against the Chargers because the Dolphins should have won that with the injuries that the Chargers had that day, but they didn't. Um, so and going up against that defense every single day in practice can only be a good thing for the Dolphins offense because obviously that it, it, it you can only you're learning the ins and outs, and it's a it's a very trendy scheme in the NFL at this this point in time because everyone wants a sc- this scheme because it's so good there's a sort of zone crowd in the box having two safeties back deep and it it basically avoids avoids it stops the, you from getting um caught out deep and it is a very popular defense in the NFL today so I think you're going with the trend a little bit you're helping you're sort of fixing the tr- struggles you had last year um, and obviously, Fangio is a veteran defensive presence. He's one of the best, if not the best, defensive coordinator in the entire league um, over the last couple of seasons anyway. So it's, it's an excellent move for the Dolphins. And yeah, I think it can really help this defence. I agree. And I think you look at going back to Flores, it is that 2020 year, we went 1-3, and three, then we won seven of our next eight games. Of course, the one team he lost to was the Broncos. And who was head coach at that point? Big Fangio. So I think yeah. it was an entirely different offence to what we had back then. I think it was... Probably Devontae Park was our number one receiver that year. Actually, probably Mike Gazicki, if I'm honest, that year. <laughs> it, was, it was that poor to the wide receivers. So um, I think he's shown what he can do. And I think that, you know, there were times in Denver where, you know, it didn't go well, but there were times where you could see the defence was performing. It was just the offence that was so bad, mainly because of Drew Locke. So I think in that sense, I think that it's really exciting. I think you mentioned Jalen Ramsey before. I think, you know, even you know, the first, what, 
11, 12 weeks before Ramsey comes back. You know, you've, you've got Cam Smith in, we've got Kate Kohu to uh, play instead of him. And I think that when Ramsey is back, to have both of those with a big fan of defence, you know, and Howard's a struggle. I don't know how he got a Pro Bowl mention, Pro Bowl selection, I should say. I don't know how, because he was poor last year. Probably his worst year. <laughs> and the... And and the rest of the Dolphins, I think, is probably the worst ever season as a Dolphin. And I think that if you have someone like Jalen Ramsey, I think that will hopefully allow Howard to be, get, get back to his best. You know, and hopefully... Ramsey's he's played in the scheme before as well. He played it in it under Staley in the Rams as well. So obviously he knows the defense, which is good. So he can step in straight away. And and obviously one of his best seasons actually was that season with the Rams too. So it, it's, it's he knows the defense well. And obviously Xavier Howard. People actually prefer, even though he's been heavily man coverage, you know, with Flores in the past, people actually do think that Xavier Howard's best strength is actually in zone coverage too. So, so moving over to this zone scheme, well, predominantly zone scheme with Fangio too, is, is, it, it should help get the best out of Xavier Howard should his knees stay up because that's the thing, isn't he has had quite a, uh, a few issues with his knees recently. But if, if Howard can stay healthy, then once Ramsey comes back, you've got a great corner duo there. One of the, probably the best in the NFL. Yeah, I think there's on the one side, look at, look at Howard, the fact that he was the main guy people avoided last year. I mean, look at our back line. I mean, I can only imagine teams were scheming up, trying to avoid tone to Howard. But at the same time, when he was up in one-on-one coverage in that man, as you mentioned, the, against not in the zone thing in the man to man he struggled a lot he got burnt quite a lot and Kohu actually I think as good for a rookie especially as someone who was his I think he was undrafted last year um someone who I think he did at times struggle with man to man I think there were many times where he also got burnt so I think moving to the zone the zone package with Ramsey there when he comes back which would be great down the stretch as you said you know I think that will only help and I think that will I think in a way zone coverage probably helps a receiver who's getting on a bit because you haven't got as much to deal with about going up against a speedy receiver at times you've got to worry about just staying in your position. So yeah, I think it's exciting. I think that, you know, for many years has been either one or the other. You know, for the floor I think it was a, it was a good offense with bad defense. Sorry, good defense with bad offense. And then last season turned to are they are they around to good offense, bad defense. I'm hoping this year we should be able to um fix that and have hopefully both sides of the ball you know, working well. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's the hope, really, because the other thing that the Dolphins really struggled with last year was injuries. And I, the, the team was super injured last year, and especially on defence, which obviously contributed as well as a dodgy play calls to where defence was bad. Obviously, you can't put in injuries or anything like that, but if you can stay healthy, then I think both units will be really good this year. And that's a, that's a hope. The only problem is you've got the, the Bills and the Jets and the division as well. Well, that's the only thing where you know where that could sort of limit your your win total. But this team should be competitive in pretty much every single game this season. Yeah, I mean that backfield I think was already good, but as you mentioned there, a lot of injuries. I think to add to that is amazing. We mentioned Howard. You know, I I really like the addition of the short to Sean Elliott. Um, you know, I've seen him before with the Lions, and I liked him a lot. So getting him in along with obviously Javon Holland, and then if you can have even you know he showed it all bit in very small packages last year. Noah Igbenogamy, that Steelers game. We we know we know the talents there, so I think if you can have you know if you've got Ramsey, you've got Howard, you've got Kohu, you've got Cam Smith, you've got you know you've got uh, Deshaun Elliott, you've got uh, Javon Holland, and many more. I think it's just an amazing, and this is not even to do with you know 
you've got Jerome Baker and you know Jaden Phillips, and if if he does play this year, Christian Wilkins and Zach Cedar, it's a very good defense. I think people, I think it it was just made to look worse because of Josh Boyer. So I'm, I think if Vic Fangio is you know as good as he has been in previous DC jobs, I think you know it's, it's a very exciting time to be a Dolphins fan. And I think that. Certainly, we should be looking at potentially a dark horse, but I know we're going to mention our records in, in a bit now, but I think you certainly got to look at as really got to be dark horse. And I think that everyone talk about the Jets, everyone talk about the Bills, the Chiefs, the Bengals, you know, even the Broncos at times. No one's really talking about us as much. I've only seen one person, that's RBT on YouTube, having us down to win a, to win a Super Bowl or even reach one. So, yeah, I think certainly we should be, we should be very, very excited. And I've never seen in my 12 years being a fan this much hype and optimism and actual proper optimism going into the year ever yeah and that's the thing really i think the hard knocks with the jets and obviously as as sort of elevated the talk of the jets a lot because they're they're, they're on tv every week now and you, you're seeing into that building and it normally happens the same thing with the lions last year after their hard knocks the hype on the lions were really starting to build um but yeah so the, everyone's talking about the jets and the bills the jets actually put in more than the bills now and that's only a good thing for the dolphins and the bills because if the attention's away from you, you know you you've got something good, in, you know, in, in your locker. If you can, if you can go into the way like like you said and and sneak there and potentially win a division when no one is expecting you to really, then that that that's like the perfect scenario. So it, hopefully that's the case, and obviously we'll get into what we think will happen now. But that's uh for for me um I think I think that they've got potential to certainly sneak under the radar and and well really win win a playoff game or two. Because if okay, once more, if everyone stays healthy, it's 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 the only thing is like that that is the especially with this team because if you lose any key players, you're kind of screwed. When some other teams could lose a key player and still like this team very much relies on its superstars. So if one of them goes down, it's a different story. But if everyone stays, then this team is very very scary. Yeah, you look at the likes well that you know no one knows that Aaron Rodgers will be good or bad. You know you don't know whether last year was down to age or whether it's down to just being unhappy. Even more talk coming up, more and more about Stefan Big potentially wanting to be traded. You know, if and if again, if Josh Allen at times last year showed um, a bit of you know carelessness with the ball in his hands. So I think you know, as what well, I think it could be a case where you know, I think everyone's talking about this division being that I think I still think it's the same as well, the best in the league. You know, there's different components that could happen. I mean, if Diggs leaves, for example, as I just mentioned there, you know, if Rogers doesn't perform well, or there's some unrest in the camp, or you know someone goes down like a Dalvin Cook or a Brees Hall again or Garrett Wilson or even Aaron Rodgers, I think you know, it's up for the grab. So I think that, you know, I think it's going to be very intriguing and exciting. And I think, you know, we've had a big drought to, the, um, you know, making the playoffs. We finally ended up with a six-year streak without a playoff appearance. And then I think we need to this year try to, I think that's progression for me is winning a playoff game. I don't, I'm not expecting this team to go and win a Super Bowl. Um, I don't think that should be people's expectations, but I think certainly to win a playoff game, that should be our our hope and our aim because that shows progress in me. Going from not making the playoffs to making the playoffs and losing to making the playoffs and winning a game or hopefully more. And I think that for me is progress. Um, and you know, even more bonus. It's great, you know, winning more. If you get you know to conference championship or more, that's a bonus in my eyes. But I think, yeah, that's that's that for me is progress. If the team. Can get to the playoffs, they can win a game or two. I think that that'll do that'll be enough for me. Um, and yeah, hopefully, more will happen from there. 
Now it's time for the final time of this series for our win-loss tie section. So we've done all 31 teams up till now. It's our final time to ask our fans to predict their record by going through each game and answering with a win-loss tie record. Now, this year, I'm getting involved. And I don't know whether I was involved last year. I don't think I was involved last year in predicting the records. But Sam did get involved last year. He came on the show this time a year ago. And of the team in real life, finished 9-8. and eight. Do you remember what your prediction was from last year? Absolutely no idea, no. It was 10 and 7, so you weren't too so far. So close enough, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're going to take in turns, like we've done with the Steelers episode where both Freddies took it in turns to predict their team's record. We're going to do the same in this one as well. So we try and predict our team's record. So Sam has week one, and the game is on the road to the Los Angeles Chargers. Sam, win, loss or tie? This is this this one's so close. It could easily be be fifty fifty. We saw obviously last year. I've said earlier, Brandon Staley basically shut down the offense. I think it'll be different this year, as for the reasons I said earlier. Um, so I'm going for the win because this team's gonna be out for revenge. Obviously, it's got the added side of Tua versus Herbert. They're gonna be attached, you know, together their careers for the rest of their careers. Really, it's like, honestly, you can you always be, have to compare them. Um, I think Tua has got a better record versus Herbert, if not, is one on one. So um, they obviously this would have put Tua in front if that's the case. Um, but um, I'm actually not sure how this isn't a prime time game because this is this is this is this game's really awesome. And you know, even the main CBS game with like Nance and Romo, it's sort of been shoved to the side. But you know, this is a game that I'm really interested to see in that late window way more than Eagles Patriots, to be honest with you. Um, it just sounds a bit of a boring game to me. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna go for the win, but I think it'll be incredibly close. Yeah, of course, Roman doesn't want to do the Dolphins games. I think from what we saw last year, particularly the Bills game, um, I don't think he's ever shown he likes Dolphins too much. He loved Josh Allen last year in the Bills, and it's um, I never I said again I don't want him ever doing a Bills Dolphins game again. So I'm sort of, I'd rather not be him doing our games anyway. So I don't mind not being prime time. Four twenty five local for I think for local or Miami fans time, and then it's, um be nine twenty five for um as in the UK. Um, week two is my. My first one of the predictions is on the road to the New England Patriots. Now, oh, if we're doing it myself, this is. I've been so used to it with everyone else. It's a weird feeling doing it myself. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go for the win. I'm going to, I know it's in New England, but we've done a right recently in New England, and that's been without Tom Brady. So I'm going to give us a win. I just think that, um, yeah, I, I, I think Mac Jones will do better this year. But I just don't know whether there's enough against you know our, our offense and our defense for that team. So I'm going to give us a win on that one. Um, week three is back to you, Sam, with the Denver Broncos at home. Uh, let's go for a free free and start, shall we? Um, the the Broncos are already super banged up, like they were last year. They've already lost loads of players to injury. Obviously, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick. Um, week three, we don't know how Russell Wilson's going to look as well because it's a new offense, a scheme for him and everything. It's a bit of uncertainty uncertainty on the Broncos. They could be really good, but they could also be like they were last year. So, for that reason, I'd probably pick the Dolphins to win this game. Okay, I mean that's going to be what you told me off camera. A very tense game in your in your new uni household with um your French yeah, Broncos yeah. fan. That's going to be an exciting, which I think will be actually. I look it looks like there might be even in freshers' time for you. I don't know whether you do freshers or not, but that'll be a sort of the first time you're back at uni again. That's going to be quite an exciting yeah. time for your house. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, Charlie, if if you're listening to this, mate, we're going to win this. Just just telling you. Um, but no, yeah, no, it's a. Uh, well, I'm living with like loads of NFL fans this year, so the uh, it's gonna be very very intense every Sunday. But yeah, for sure, um, that one that one will, will be interesting, certainly. Yeah. 
Um, right, week four is back to me again with the Buffalo Bills on the road. Now, I'm going to give us our first loss because I think that the Bills are a different team in the regular season to the postseason. I think that you've played the Bills on the road in Buffalo in the regular season. I know we put them close last year, but I just think that they may just edge it. And I think that I, I just can't see us being 4 0 anyway. So I think you've got to lose at some point. Um, so yeah, I'm going to. Put on an L for that one. Um, going to week five, which is um, you know, everyone who listened to our Giants podcast, me and Tom were talking about both going to the Bills Jags together. Um, I had a spare ticket at the time and going to watch our game afterwards. And turns out he's now got the ticket, so we're going to be watching Bills Jags together, and then we're going to go to a bar and watch that. Should be quite a good experience in London uh, with a mm. uh, former guest Tom Morton. But if back to you, Sam. Giants at home, uh, win, loss, or tie. I'll probably be doing the same thing to be honest with you, because I'll be I'll be going to Bill's Jags as well. Um, as for the this game against the I don't know. It's going to be super close. I, I really it really is because you know that Dable and Wink Martindale are going to have those guys playing out hard and their offense and defense for sure. The Giants were super difficult to beat last year. They're one of those teams that I think could sort of surprise the Dolphins. Really, uh, I'm going to go for the win, but I think this one will be a lot closer than people think it will be. Well, if now you know you're going to that game, we can you can join us along. We can have a um, oh, yeah. Party. Oh, yeah. Um, I got some Bills fans that I met. I made last year in America. Some friends I made in Detroit uh, for that Bills Lions game on Thanksgiving, and they're going to come to the game in London. So uh, we're just trying to find a good place to watch because the Beehive is the obvious choice because it's you know in Tottenham. It's like you don't have to get a train, but it does get busy there. So I'm just trying to work out through maybe some contacts as to where it's best to watch it. I'm hoping we can get quite a good group going of you know former guests on the podcast, current guests on the podcast, you know, and you know fans and people I've made friends with. I hope this should be quite a good, quite a good watch along at six o'clock. Yeah, it'll be cool. It'll be cool. Definitely. Sure. Um, right, week six is back to me. Um, and it's the Carolina Panthers at home. I'm gonna give us a win. Um, I think that it is I think it's gonna be just too early in his rookie year, Bryce Young from the cause too much problems. And I think that I'm not I'm not threatened by Adam Thien and Jonathan Mingo. Mingo could be good, but we just don't know. I'm not threatened by that at all. And um, so for me, I think for next three or four years, Panthers, I think, will be a team to account for. But I just don't think this year, I think they can still win the division, but I just don't think they'll be anywhere near our level uh, just yet. Um, but week seven is sticking with me purely because I'm going to this game. I thought I'd give that one to myself. Um, on the road to the Eagles, um, for many reasons, I'm going to put it down as a loss as well. Um Firstly, because I think the team's just too strong. Uh, I think that they're just, for me, one of the best teams in the whole league right now. I think they should be the favourites to win the NFC. Um, I think they're good in every position. They've kept everyone as well from last year, despite players getting old. And I'm hoping that, you know, maybe it's one year too much for the likes of, you know, Jason Kelsey and, you know, Brandon Graham and, you know, Fletcher Cox, but you just don't know. And I think with Jalen Hurts there and, you know, um, Dallas Gardot for the ball to AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, I think they may have enough. But of course, the other reasons, I've been to four Dolphins games that we lost every time. So I'm thinking, I've seen to be a bad luck charm. And Phil Cooling, if you're listening, uh, is a guy that as regular told me, don't go to the Dolphins game ever again in person because I, I, you know, I've been there for the Beng, the Bengals concussion game. I've been there for the, we lost at home to the Vikings last year. So I seem to be a bad luck charm. So for that reason alone, as well as the fact that it's such a good team. I'm going to give it a loss. Uh, but the next two games are back to you, Sam, to predict. Uh, the first one is our second game of the season against the Patriots, this time at home. Yeah, with, with New England, I, I, obviously it's interesting because I think you, you predicted to win the first game, right? 
yeah yeah so i see i, I don't i don't think you're going to sweep the patriots i just this part of me is just like you know this is a massive year for bill belichick because if look if he gets swept by teams in the division if they go seven and ten he's probably i think he could be gone personally because robert Kraft's not you know he's he's made it no secret that he wants to you know build a real big Patriots team again and they're just sort of in the middle of nowhere so i think belichick might just win this game for new england um but it's it'll be close and i mean you still beat him i think most i think every single series will be split so um yeah i think you drop one against new england but you you won the the first game fair enough and then back with you for week nine is our germany game we take on technically it's a road team, um, technically Chiefs are the home team, but we take on the Kansas City Chiefs in Deutsche Bank Park in Frankfurt. Um, firstly, Sam, are you going to go into the game and then are we going to win this game? God, I wish there's, there's, there's I'm, well, I'm super, I'm busy on Sundays anyway because I do, um, I, I, I've got a bit of work on Sunday, but um, you know, I, I wish I could go to that game because there's no way I could go to Germany for it, but um, yeah, the, the Chiefs. Look, it's it's in Frankfurt. Obviously, it's in a it's in a neutral field, so you don't have to go to Arrowhead, which is a, a big win for the Dolphins, really, because I think that's definitely a loss. If I'm being completely honest with you, uh, I'm st- I still just can't pick against Kansas City in this one. But this again, it will be super close, and it could it, it could go either way. But uh, not playing at Arrowhead is huge for this team, and even though I think they might lose it, it gives the Dolphins a better chance of winning the game. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more because I think, you know, like a lot of teams who are playing this year on the road, apart from maybe the likes of the Bengals or maybe the Bills and, you know, the likes of the Eagles and the Niners, I think there's not many teams that will be going to Arrowhead and expecting a win. Uh, I think you have to rely on an off day. So I'm hoping that the fact that it's in Germany will really neutralise the setting, as you've been saying. And I, I actually have more confidence in us beating the Chiefs than I do the Bills or wow. um, but I still think you know I, I'm not against that prediction I think that they may still win you know I believe they're the second or third most followed team in Germany behind the Seahawks and the Bucks I think the Chiefs or Patriots or something like that I think the Patriots are quite well followed so I think that like a lot of Chiefs fans anywhere they're well followed team. the teams that like um you'll see with the Bills when they come to London they're a well followed team uh, all over the country and I think they'll do the same for Germany um, so yeah, and I'm I'm hoping myself to be going. I'm hoping you know, um, you know, to getting whether that's a media pass or whether to be going as a fan. I'm hoping to somewhere somehow get a ticket because I think that yeah, it's not too bad price wise for tickets for flights and all that. Whether that changes with what's going on at the moment, I don't know. But right now, it seems fairly cheap. So I'm hoping that I can get there even for just the day or just like Saturday night and Sunday, and then I leave on that Sunday night. I don't know, but. I definitely want to at least give it a go and try and make it, um, which should be a great, great atmosphere from what I saw last year between the Seahawks and the Bucks. Um, week 10 is a bye week. So then going into week 11, is we're taking on the Las Vegas Raiders at home. Uh, this one's back with me. Um, I think it's a win. I really do. Now, a big one in my household, my brother's a Raiders fan, so it's very much a big... I mean, he'll be watching, obviously, a different house, but... Um, yeah, I think for me, the Raiders are going to be one of the worst teams in the AFC. Um, I just think that Garoppolo away from the Shanahan system may look exposed. And um, they got Adams, yes, but I don't know whether the rest... I mean, Max Crosby would have won, would be the one reason that we lose, I think, more than their offence. I think he's that good. Maybe Josh Jacobs against our run defence, but I just think we'll have too much of them personally in this one. Um, and I'm gonna, that's why I'm going to put down as a, um, as a win. Um, and then week 12 is our first instalment of the year of our games against the Jets. This is the Black Friday game, which is going to be, you know, 
Fins Nation UK listeners, a big watch party for ourselves uh, in London. So anyone who is listening to this podcast, who is part of Fins Nation, or maybe even not part of Fins Nation UK, if you go on the Twitter page or the Facebook page, you'll find the details about the event. Um, should be quite a good turnout. What should be a good, hopefully a good, a good win. Uh, but for you, Sam, how are you seeing this game? It's in New York, uh, win, loss or tie. I think this will be another loss, unfortunately, because the Jets are exactly obviously it's in New York, which I think is probably what decides it as well. But um, there, I'll probably say depth wise, they're probably a slightly better team. Um, the Dolphins get Jonathan Taylor, then maybe my, my mind changes. But as of right now, I'd say that this, this again is a very close loss. Okay. Um, week 13, I think it's our biggest trap game potential. I think that D line for the commanders, we're playing them on the road at FedEx Field. Uh, I think, you know, that D line, again, like the Raiders with Max Crosby, I think that would be their biggest. Um, biggest sort of weapon in their arsenal. And I do think that somehow if he's as good as people are saying he's going to be, you know, that'll be the show with Taylor McLaurin, you know, you've got Antonio Gibson in the backfield, you know, Brian Robinson and all that. But I just think that if they're going to beat us again, it's down to that defence. And I think that, you know, but I, I think we'll still win. I think we'll still win because I think that, again, as good as their D-line is, you know, they've still got to compete with our, our speedy offence. So I think we'll get the win. I think, however, it'll be our, closest one of our closest win margins and i do think that we could potentially we could i wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if we lose this game purely because that d-line but at the same time i think other other areas of the field i just think maybe we'll have had too much um but week 14 um it says 8 50 8 15 p.m which you assume would be prime time for us in the uk um probably the 1 15 kickoff in the morning uh at home to the tennessee titans yeah, that game is on Monday Night Football. Um, nice, nice. And yeah, it's, it's a it's a chance for the Dolphins to sort of, you know, really kick on for the season here, really, because he's had quite a few losses recently. And I think the Dolphins will win this game too. Um, you, you could likely be playing against one of Malik Willis or Will Levis as well at this point, because they might decide they've seen enough of Tannehill um, and they want to see what Willis and Levis look like in, um, you know, in the NFL game. So you might have we moved over to one of them at this point, but for me, the Titans are a sort of team in transition and that's the sort of team that the Dolphins really want to be coming up against. So, um, yeah, I'll go for a win in that one. And of course, it's a fact that Derek Henry might not even be there come week 14. He might not even exactly. be there. Exactly, yeah, so, yeah. Um, hopefully he is in the London game. After that, he can do what he wants. <laughs> yeah. um, I just want to yeah. see him get a ring. Um, week 15 um, is back to me again with the New York Jets at home. Now, I'm sorry, Dolphins fans, I'm putting this down for a loss again. Um, I know hated to see say we lose them twice um i just think that at that point they may be cooking they may be doing something good i think you know i'm definitely buying into the hype i mean i'll mention it again um this will be a little, a little insight into my talk about the jets come our season predictions i play with Stephen luke coming up next week uh but i think the jets you know if you finish seven and nine with trevor simeon zach wilson and Flacco with that defense with Brees hall injured for half the year so if you have Brees hall fit for the whole year You've got Dalvin Cook there as well. You've got Defensive Rookie of the Year in Gout Wilson. You've got the defense, which was brilliant last year. And Aaron Rodgers as well to that. I think that they'll be way higher than 7-9. And, and I just think that they beat us last year by quite a lot in one game. And they you know, they only lost by three points in what was a terrible, terrible game. And we could have easily lost that another day. Um, adding all those things I just mentioned, I think they could sweep us. And I, I do worry about them in terms of the AFC East. I really do. I think they're a team that... 
You know, I know people will point to the hard, hard knocks hype, but um, I just think even before then, I was very worried about the Jets. So I'm going to put down as a loss there. As we go into week 16, currently on an eight and six record. Um, and that week 16 game is back with you, Sam. Um, Christmas Eve, 4.25 p.m. local time, 9.25 p.m. in the UK. So we take on the Dallas Cowboys at the Hard Rock Stadium. Yeah, I think the Dolphins will win this game as well. It'll be close because the Dallas defense is so good, but I think they they'll be better on offense. And um, at this point as well, I think the Dolphins will be the run game will be hitting the like the peak groove, um, which will sort of power them towards this game as well. Um, sort of take the ball out to a to his hands as much as possible when you have got Michael Parsons rushing him too. Um, but yeah, I think the Dolphins should win this game. And um, yeah, home advantage as well is is key in in matches against big teams like Dallas and. Uh, yeah, they all, they always drop a stinker towards the end of the season as well. That's why I pissed against the Dolphins. <laughs> now, I don't know how your traditions work around Christmas time, Sam, but this one will be obviously Christmas Eve, I said before, 9.25pm. Um, will you be watching this game? Will you get time to watch it in your household? Uh, yeah, so I'll be back home with mum and dad at that point, and my sister as well, and we'll... Me and Dad will make sure that we watch it for sure. <laughs> there's uh, yeah, there's no way me and Dad are missing the Dolphins game on a Sunday. So, yeah, so we'll make sure it's on. Fantastic. And then um, week 17 is back with me. My final prediction of the of the schedule is New Year's Eve, uh, 1 p.m. local time, 6 p.m. Uh, for those in the UK. Uh, we're taking on the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I think we'll win. I think we'll win um, because I think that I don't put to think they did enough the Ravens to support Lamar Jackson. I think Zay Flowers could be good, yes. Um, and I don't think Otto Beckham is enough. And I just think that the Ravens normally, last few years anyway, tend to have a bit of a wobble towards the end of the year. So for that reason alone, I'm going to give us the win. Um, and I think that, you know, we've beaten them the last two years, beaten them in Miami, in Baltimore, and that's, you know, without having a big frangile-led defence. And obviously that source put up a lot of points against us um, in that Ravens comeback. And, you know, that we really almost, most times, wouldn't even have come back from that. So I think this year, you know, I know law of averages may suggest that we'll lose this game because, if you could easily not see him winning three times in a row, but at the same time, I just think that maybe we'll we'll do enough to win this game. Uh, but then week eighteen again, that might actually be my birthday if it's on the Sunday. That is um, at home to the Buffalo Bills, uh, and I think you'll get a birthday win as well because um, obviously you predicted the, the loss at the start of the season. I don't think the Dolphins are going to get swept by the Bills because uh, one that would be very bad for playoffs season getting swept by the Bills and the Jets, um, and it might ultimately be what takes you away from the playoffs. But also the, the Dolphins can beat the Bills because they were in every single game last year within three points, all of them, or within one score anyway. Um, obviously they they won the game at the start of the year and year week two of it or three or whenever it was. Um, and that's the one thing the Dolphins couldn't do under, Flo- um, under Flores was beat the Bills because they manhandled Flores' Dolphins every single time they played them. But under McDaniel, it's been completely different. You've been in, in every game. Um, and Buffalo might have the playoffs wrapped up at this point too. So if there's a chance to, you know, there's that too. But I think if this game this game will probably be whether the Dolphins get into the playoffs at, you know, or not really because 10-7 might not be enough to get into the playoffs. So I think they'll win this game and um yeah probably get in as a wild card or maybe even division winner at 11 and 6. and carrying on with that now i'm going to save my prediction a bonus prediction i'm doing with you uh, i'm going to save my one for our episode next week where we could be going through all the divisions and so on and so on but for you sam um if we get 11 and 6 make the playoffs as a wild cut team or even as a division winner how far do you think we'll go in the playoffs 
Uh, I would probably say uh, it depends on you play because if you play like the Bengals as a seven seed or whatever, then then you're probably gonna lose. But if if you play if you play the Jags or you play someone like the Steelers, maybe potentially sneaking in or uh, the the Browns, I think the Dolphins could easily win that and get into the divisional round. But I probably say I think the Jets are going to win the division, so you're probably going to get a harder game. So I would probably say you're going to lose in the wild card round, but still getting into the playoffs is still is an achievement, and you you just got unstuck by a, a very good team, I expect. You mentioned Jets winning the division. Um, so you saying Dolphins maybe finishing second or third? Uh, I think oh, it'll be close. I uh, I reckon both the Dolphins Bills will get in as wild cards, and I'd say the Dolphins, um will come third because they got swept by the Jets. So the Bills are probably have a better in-division record or something like that. Fair enough. Um, and talking about, so me and you have combined for 11-6 record, which along with eight others has us, obviously you are, you are our um, 33rd guest on this series we've done and our 32nd team, of course, the final team, saving the best or last. Um, we are the 10th, the joint 10th most optimistic fans going into the year. There you are. Yeah, I think obviously having the, the the good roster sort of helps that as well because a lot of teams, I reckon, if you're if, if you're a Cardinals fan, then you're not going to be very optimistic optimistic at all, really, are you? Um, but it's I'm I'm quite pessimistic about this Dolphins season, but obviously the, the the talent is really good, so I can't. I've been realistic. Here, I think it could go a lot better. It could go worse, but I think I'm sort of just having a, a middle ground here, and yeah, this is what I sort of expect from the Dolphins this year. So looking at, I mentioned we the joint 10 most optimistic fans. Um, looking at the other nine fans we've had on that have got a bigger record for their own team than us. Um, these are the uh, Paul Hope and 49ers, uh, Ash in the NFL for the Packers, Charlie Nelson for the Bills, Roy Joe Daniels for the Bengals, Steve McGuinness for the Eagles, Brad Simcox for the Chiefs, Lee White uh, or Britt Jag on Twitter uh, for the Jaguars, Mar- and Marek Larwood for the Lions and Shane Harris for the Baltimore Ravens. Out of those nine teams, how many do you think we can beat in the playoffs? Uh, well, well, the NFC ones are not going to play. So, but you could you probably you beat the Packers, you beat the, probably the Bears, the Lions. I reckon you could you could go a game. The only teams I don't think you I don't think you can beat the Bengals or the Chiefs in the playoffs. I mean, the, the the Jets. I think the only two teams that I would not want to play in the in the in the AFC playoffs will be the Bengals and the Chiefs. I we give the Bills a game, potentially win yes, the Bills have done it before, like I said, um last year. That so um, and obviously played them really hard with Scarlett Thompson at the end of last year in the playoffs too. So I think the only two teams that I'm worried about in the playoffs for the Dolphins are the Bengals and the Chiefs and potentially the Jets if they look good as good as they we think they might as well. Okay, and that is where we will end the podcast for today. So before we do say goodbye, there's a huge thank you not only to you, Sam, but all the other 32 guests that have come on this series. It's been a, about a month and a half to two months now where we've been doing every team and we did it last year as well and I'm pleased that I've done it again and I managed to have everyone back and everyone, all the first timers as well to come on the podcast. A huge thank you to all of those guests that have been on previously. We will at some point on our socials release the graphic for everyone's predictions at a full table. We are slowly now putting out per division like a little table but we will at some point release everyone's pre-season predictions for their own team uh, but yeah huge thank you Sam for coming on that's right mate no trouble at all uh, you know I'm always around to do a podcast I love it I've got my own one um, I've moved over I'm now the, the host of the full 10 yards NFL podcast which is great uh, great little UK blog company and um, we're really we're really uh, 
trying to start something now. We've got an event in Birmingham as well coming up uh, on the week one. Um, so Felsons of Birmingham. So any any NFL fan in the area come down, and um, there's free tickets, and then you can buy a, a bundle uh, to get drinks as well. And the, the more the more drinks you buy, the cheaper it gets as well. Um, but I'll be there. Come meet me. <laughs> um, uh, I've been saying in another podcast recently as well. Come come beat me at a game in pool a pool because I'm awful. Um, but yeah, <laughs> a big a big party to kick off the season and. Uh, yeah, just uh, exciting things happening on my end. But I, I, I love a podcast, love the NFL, and I just can't wait for the season to start. Yeah, and of course, as usual, we will put his Sam's socials out on Twitter. So anyone who hasn't yet come across Sam's work, do check it out. And I would love to have come to the event, but I'm actually in America when that game's on, when that mm. event, so I should say. So, you know, in the future, if I'm available, I'll definitely try and make your events. Because Birmingham actually is fairly close to me. Uh, same with you, I know, as well. Um, so, yeah, I definitely would like to come in the future to those events um but in the meantime this has been both the across the pod podcast and the finch nation uk podcast and we'll see you both for our next episodes see you then <laughs>